Thank you for joining XR Om, which is India's first AR VR focused podcast. Today, I'm delighted and honored to have with me Professor Ravindra Dastikop, who is an educator, speaker on cloud computing. And he's currently serving as an assistant professor, Department of Computer Science and Engineering at SDN College of Engineering and Technology in Dharwad, Karnataka. He is also the author of the new book, Metaverse Glossary, Your Gateway to the Future. So Ravinder, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. Why don't we start with a brief introduction and your background? Yeah, thank you very much, Eddie. And uh, thanks for giving me an opportunity to speak on this platform. Yeah, see, I'm an engineering teacher from the beginning for this 40th, I mean, almost the fourth decade of my engineering teaching. And technology has been always fascinated me from the beginning. So my fundamental thinking is also like that uh, humans are very creative. And one of the best thing that he created in the early stages of their civilization is language. And, you know, language has taken us for the last 5000 years. And only in the recent centuries, like about um, seven or eight centuries since then, another important creation which is also shaping our human human history or human destiny is technology. So I think that for the first 5,000 years, it was the language that created and gave direction to us. And now technology is giving that direction. So technology today has become as powerful as language. And in the earlier stages, actually we used to talk about people who are good in language, good orators, good vocabulary, and uh, good oration and all. Now we have been talking about people who are actually good in technology, good in understanding technological enablement. In fact, earlier it was vocabulary which decided the fate of a person because that could help him to articulate. Today, the number of tools that somebody knows actually decides whether how efficient he would be or how effective he would be. So with this presumption, actually, I have been focusing on technology all the time and technology giving a kind of a both strength and direction for my career. And in the last 20 or 30 years, every major technology which has come into, uh, into the being is not missed my scanner, starting from HTML languages in the 2000s uh, to cloud computing in 2009, 2014, IoT, and finally Metaverse. So the fundamental assumption that I make is technology is as powerful as languages, and that is going to shape the rest of our human history. I think because of communication, uh, we as a civil society has evolved. There are a lot of people who kind of bring down, you know, this uh, company called Facebook and Meta because of, of they, they have obviously their, their downsides. But I think if they would have not created the social media, the communication tool yeah. for us, I think the world would have still been very divided and very... Uh, uh, not how it is right now, you know. I mean, I think that the... the tool of social media through Facebook has given us the freedom to communicate with anybody and anywhere sitting any in any corner of the world. And, and you, 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 you highlighted that, you know, being eloquent and articulate at one point in time was so important. But today, I, I think there are these AI tools, the, these language models, you know, Alexa's and, and series, I, I think is possibly doing that bit for us. I and and yes, that there is this. I I have a similar journey. My my journey has been in the creative space, but then now since 2015, I've got into the uh, the technology side of the business. And I like you have looked at every single technology. And besides this podcast, I also host the Once Changing the World, where 
where I do not just address AR, VR, MR and the metaverse, but I address the entire frontier tech space, you know, right from artificial intelligence to quantum computing to 3D printing of human organs, genetic editing and flying vehicles and so on and so forth. So yes, I think we are getting into a world which is super exciting and every student, every entrepreneur should be in touch with technology because I think the future their personal future or a company's future is going to be largely be linked to how uh, well versed you are with technology. So now I would still want you to talk a little bit more because you said you've been uh, you you've been looking at all technologies. So start with I mean you know what all technologies that you have looked at ha have are becoming more and more uh, you know pivotal in shaping so society and also talk about metaverse because you are now you, you got into your journey in, in the metaverse right true true see i mean uh, before that actually i'll make a couple of remarks also i told you know so actually uh, even if you look at the literature at that time so how do you describe a, a successful man you normally used to say like a well-read man that means reading was the criteria of his success right now today and uh, his re reading always reflected by his vocabulary today the number of tools a student knows actually decides his fate and that's what i keep telling in my course i mean uh, my classes for technology classes the fundamental changes that have happened are like this for example language was the first technology that we invented humans and now technology is the new language so your ability to express in technology makes much bigger impact than what it could have been done with language so one of the fundamental questions that you should ask uh, when you are talking about uh, any particular technology is very simple like this. Is it overcoming one of the fundamental human barriers or one of the natural barriers which humans are facing? So if a technology overcomes that barrier, it is bound to create revolution whether somebody likes it or not. And the question doesn't come that whether you accept that technology or not. It will be accepted because it is overcoming a fundamental barrier. And if you look at like, see, humans are ambitious. And once they created language, they went on speaking and all writing epics and all. And one point, actually, they encounter nature as their barrier. See, for instance, actually, before 14th century. So there's a limit on which I can actually acquire my knowledge, or actually, I can disperse my knowledge because there were no books. So there was something called, uh, what you call knowledge gap. That means now people are willing to tell, but then you needed their live presence to be thought. And similarly, people are interested to learn, but then actually they have to be present, physically present to learn that. And now with the introduction of printing press, now that gap was separated. That means a writer, an author can write a book and he can die, but still some generation, generation they can read it. So that probably created, I mean, what we call knowledge gap. So that was one of the barriers. And the barrier behind this was actually human memory. There's a limit at which you can learn and remember and recall. And that is not always under your control. Whatever you recall depends on your ability to recall. But suppose there is a book, then you can recall everything verbatim, whether the author has written that. So that, you know, probably was one of the fundamental natural barriers which has overcome by printing press. And that probably, you know, in few years, people started printing Bible, then ended up in French Revolution and all because people started reading, writing books from the Greek um, mythology. And all. Second example I tell you is actually, See, up till 16th century, the only way that we can work is through our muscle power. The only way that we can travel is through our bullocks or elephants or horses. 
then somebody invented steam engine and now no you know that it created industrial revolution because for the first time your ambition is not limited by your muscle power machines are taking care of that you can you put the steam engine to your railways and you can just decide the destination it will take you and probably you know that it actually created a revolution because it's called industrial revolution so today we cannot I mean, expect university to run without book and book actually started in 14th century so today, every every organization is book-centric. Means there is some document which will refer back. And I can also see hundreds of books behind you now. Okay. So that's the point. So again, this fundamental question. See, you know, that also created innovation. And come back to the third one. Actually, then we had something called a distance gap. That means, see, I cannot access something which is available in Delhi or in Toronto or in Canada. For a simple reason, there is a time and distance barrier. So the internet actually overcome that. So in internet, there is no distance and time. And that's the reason why Indian, in our prime minister is going for digital India. In digital India, it is Kashmir is as near to Delhi as Kanyakumari is. Okay, so that creates a fundamental gap that was actually called distance gap. So as you know, internet also created a revolution. Started with book, then with steam engine, then internet. And the next two gaps actually we had was something called trust gap. That means I don't, you, I and you don't trust each other. There's a reason we need a centralized bank, which will actually help us. Now that with blockchain technology, it's simply creating a mechanism where actually you don't need a third party. And the trust gap is the value proposition of blockchain. And that's it's creating another revolution. Right. So that is how it is. So coming to the metaverse before that, actually, actually also come to this one. See, now there is one more gap. One more gap means there is one more barrier. The barrier is that I cannot be present everywhere at the same time. Okay. So now this is called a called a space gap. So what the space gap is actually is means I am say maybe you are in Goa now and I am in the here. And also we are connected over a technology. We still feel that distance. The simple reason is we are not in the same space. Okay. Now what Metaverse is doing is actually overcoming that space gap and keeping us co-present. That means I and you are there in the same virtual space. Now, since it is a fundamental value proposition, because now you will be available everywhere, is as deep as internet's distance gap, as, as deep as blockchain's trust gap, is as is as muscle power gap of, I mean, power gap of industrial revolution or knowledge gap. So for that reason, this will fundamentally create a revolution and it will do a lot many things for us. So co-presence, is actually the value proposition of this. That means you can be present anywhere. And if you go a little back backwards, actually, what industrial revolution I, uh, did actually was something like mechanization of every activity. So that means you don't have to do, a machine will do for you. Okay. And what Metaverse is doing today is actually virtualization of a person. So you cannot be present everywhere, but still your virtual entity can do this. And you know, the power behind cloud computing is that. So you don't give a physical resource to somebody, you give a virtual, virtual machine. VMware is a company which is known for that, created the revolution by virtualizing the resources. And Metaverse is virtualizing the people. That means they will be present with whatever that avatar or whatever it is called, and they make. And for this reason, and this is how I tell my students, this is a great opportunity. So Eddie, the whole definition is this. Metaverse is a technology which will overcome one of the fundamental barriers of humanity, such as space gap. In, by the process of virtualizing virtual spaces, it creates a world where actually you can be co-present. Co-present means your self will be present over there. 
and what steam engines did for industrialization today 3d engines are doing it for the metaverse lovely yes i think you said so many profound things i'm i'm going to like try and break it down because there was too much uh, information uh, i mean spaced out in in a matter of uh, you know few minutes time a, okay. I, I, i think you started with that you know how tech is the new language yes, and now yes. it's important for everyone to have the ability to express through technology because that will Very help true. whether Very. it's an individual or business to create a preferred future then you broke down on uh, the hype of, of uh, the metaverse and how that what we need to do is overcome a ba- barrier you know because I, i i guess breaches the fundamental barrier then i think it becomes something which is really useful and i think metaverse is is going over there you spoke about the knowledge gap the muscle gap the distance gap the trust gap which i think we'll get get, get into but the space gap you know which which uh, uh, metaverse I- is doing you know it it's ac- yeah it, yeah it's overcoming a- a- as in it's fundamentally making geography history you know yes. so so the, like the distance gap and and space gap i th- i think is interlinked because I, i think with this virtualization of a physical world the virtualization of the world and, and uh, co-presence uh, I, we are going to create a world with a, a different economical layer itself you know but like how a physical world has a, has an economical layer built into it in the digital world the metaverse the underlying economical layer is going to be the virtual digital assets the nfts the cryptocurrency and the economical layer is going to be built with uh, that trust With, with with the blockchain uh, technology so so i'm i'm excited uh, about this technology talk to us a little bit uh, more before you get into the, the metaverse I, i want you to like talk to you know talk a little bit about cloud computing because okay. that's that's like uh, i mean because i think i think almost all of these technologies are converging and in the future i think It, these things are not going to be called technology it's going to be all converging and once it all converges like ai converges with uh, uh, 5g yes, converges yes. with uh, xr converges with blockchain which is going to give us that seamless world talk to us about cloud cloud computing and then maybe the metaverse yeah see actually it's like see again i come back to the metaphor of language see a word is not important a sentence is important a sentence is not important a paragraph is important a paragraph is not important whole document is important so what is the role of a word see if you remove a word from a document it will not give the meaning which intended to but then word itself is not important so what finally produces the document is the synergy between the words sentences paragraphs and final effect right so similarly in technology actually uh, this is very I mean very immature to say like see uh, there is cloud computing there is uh, see these are all actually words and sentences in the whole paragraph where actually the para the paragraph means something to you it is not one line in that or one it is partial right similarly cloud compute I mean actually metaverse is actually a kind of a confluence of couple of technologies each doing its own role okay for example blockchain gives you a trust whereas 3d engine gives you virtual space okay cloud computing does the heavy i mean heavy work of that one and iot does a kind of kind of collecting information from the entire world the rest of the world 
So coming to the cloud computing and why actually it was successful and why, why I predicted it back in 2009 that cloud computing will be a mainstream. So I actually introduced cloud computing as an elective back in 2009 in my college. Okay, so that time Microsoft did not have Azure. They were still in, in the I mean, uh, PC era. And there was only one tiny company, AWS, which was there, which was selling cloud computing. And they also didn't use the word cloud computing. They were using web services. Okay, and Google was known for its search engine, but they didn't have any GCP cloud computing platform at all. That time also when I was actually telling my students, so this will overcome, I mean, this will actually help you to overcome certain fundamental barriers, the distance gap. See, until today, you want to access something, you have to be either in IIT or a supercomputer center in ISA Bangalore. Otherwise, this is not possible. So for the first time, actually now, no matter where you are, as are you are connected to internet, you are getting an access to this. So that's my distance gap. Not only that, actually, by implication, it started certain powers for you. For example, today, if you are on Facebook, Okay. And you can, I mean, especially when I'm on Facebook, because almost all my alumni are on Facebook. So it so happens that I open one window and somebody from Australia will say that, sir, I'm, I was a 2010 student. I'm an Australian Melbourne University. So I open uh, one more slam in one more chat window will open is from Europe. So another one from another. And okay. So what effectively happens is actually you are there in five different continents and which was something which was given only to gods earlier. Omnipresence was not your gift and it has given that. So now, why this is happening? Because it has eradicated this time and space barrier. In cloud, there is no time. Okay. Now, once that power comes to you, anybody, for example, a company, say, based out of Bangalore, can serve a customer in the United States or Europe. Why? The gap is killed. So in the sense, cloud computing overcome this distance and, gap, distance and time gap, and that created a revolution. Right. Uh, would you like to talk about your new book, The Metaverse Glossary, Your Gateway to the Future? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, uh, see, I told you back in 2009, I started teaching cloud computing. And uh, I was the first person to induce cloud computing course anywhere in India at that time, because IITs had some courses on virtualization and all. It was 2014 that my local university introduced a cloud computing course for PG. And then actually, but that time, I made my students to make three cloud computing projects. And two of them have turned out to be entrepreneurs and they're running a business which is worth a few crores. Okay. So that means my ability to gauge and grasp the potential of a technology is fairly good, if not perfect. So now my idea is again, is that probably in metaverse, I should be encouraging people to take some entrepreneurial jump and do certain things. So when I started studying metaverse, I knew that this is the power potential of that and it will do a great job for us. Then I have to educate my students, right? And in academics, introducing a course is not that easy. So it is very traditional. Like, see, there has to be a textbook before actually you can introduce a course. And a subject like Metaverse, where is the textbook? You don't have a textbook. So then committees and board of committees, board of studies and all, no, they are very traditional. Unless you have a printed textbook, they don't allow it a course to be implemented and all. So I just started doing that one. And I started writing a book on that because I got certified in the month of February and all. And that started. So when then actually doing, then I thought of writing a textbook. Then again, you know, colleges differ, universities differ, and all. You, it's very difficult to find um, a kind of a common set of syllabus for a book so that it can be accepted everywhere. Diversity is the name of India, right? Okay. Then actually, then I said, okay, let me go step one step down, and I will prepare one glossary where actually it will introduce the term so that people will start talking about these terms, and then they will understand because concepts are important. For example, 3D engine is equal to a steam engine. 
where actually it created mechanization and 3D engineers creating virtualization. So this was the reason and intention behind writing this book. And it took about three months for me to prepare that one. And I published and it seems it's getting a good reception also. And that's the idea. But the intention is to sell or to inculcate the ability to grasp the fundamental power of metaverse, both as an entrepreneur and also as a, as a student or a future employee. Okay. There's a lot of news in this. There's not glare in this, but then uh, people either from their situated, uh, for example, suppose there's an entrepreneur who's already doing into metaverse and all, his understanding is appreciated because he's already into action and executive. But then the total potential is something which they should ask, I mean, they get by understanding and asking this question. And uh, it's uh, at least for next three to five years, it would be my mission just to create awareness about this. I mean, I, uh, I can also tell you, it takes a lot of time before people actually even accept the, uh, the virtues of a technology. Although cloud computing came in 2009 and I started using cloud computing back then and I dumped, dumped my mission. I don't use my mission. Wherever I go, I use a cloud computing access and all. Nine, nine out of 10 of my colleagues, still they use their laptops. They do their preparation on PPTs. Okay. And they carry their machine and do that. And not, not until that pandemic came, people were not using Google Meet. Google Meet is there for last 10, 15 years. Why is that? So this inertia in people, whether they are students, faculty or all, is very high. So one of my mission is to overcome that barrier either by illustrations or by examples or by like this. Yes, I, I guess change comes very difficult and, and the 99% of the world I think is traditionalist, you know, and we don't want to adapt the new, but the new I think is coming with its own pros and cons. You know, I will never say the technology is completely loaded with great things, you know, and, and I will also not, not say the technology itself is bad. I think the people who kind of use technology, you know, it, it, it can go to that direction, whether it's the good or the bad, you know, I mean, how you use the technology. So metaverse, yes, obviously it's, it's, it's the future, like, like, you, like you said, I mean, you know, and all these converging technologies gonna like really make metaverse beneficial for individuals and consumers it's gonna completely change how we educate how we do healthcare how we do business how we do banking and, and so on and so forth would you like to start sharing or showing a, i mean giving a glimpse of what could be the future uh, benefits or applications of uh, metaverse well, actually, I mean, for this also has some historical connotation. Okay. See, back in 1900, when around 1870, uh, the America started thinking about production of cars. Okay. So now, you know, so they took a different direction at that time. See, because steam engine was a very powerful idea at that time. So most companies started producing a car, which is powered by steam, steam powered cars. Okay. And... At the same time, Thomas Alva Edison actually also patented something for an electrical car, electrical engine car, and he started producing it. At the same time, there was a company which was producing cars for the gasoline, what they call petrol in America. And at that time, if you think that you were not able to predict that eventually we will go for a gasoline car and we will wait 100 years later to wait for Mr. Elon Musk for Tesla to come with the electrical car. Okay, and uh, I should also want to stress the fact that, say at one time, one third of the cars in American roads were actually electric cars. This was in 1890s, in 19. And there was on a paper article also which said that America will be sprinkled with electrical charging stations. And that didn't happen that time. Now actually it took 100 years later. So why that? So now 
what actually happens is in any industry, there will be a startup process of experimentation, then consolidation and monopoly, which whether somebody likes or not, decentralization will work, but monopoly will take over, whatever, because that is a trend that has happened throughout the history. So at one time, there were 400 manufacturing, car manufacturing companies, 120 car companies, which were actually producing steam powered one. And in one of the exhibition races, the car which won the race was actually powered by steam and which was running at a speed of 127 kilometers. But within next five years, it so happened that gasoline car took over. So much of the experiments today happening in metaverse are like that. So many people are trying, many are doing. There are some steam powered people, there are gasoline powered people, the electrical power power. So having said this, okay. So in my guess, and metaverse seems to have all the elements which are needed uh, to be used by everybody. So now that you see that metaverse weddings are happening, that means that there's only an illustration. So some advanced person actually doing it. So tomorrow there will be a metaverse uh, session between one teacher in India, one NRE parent in America who will teach mathematics to them. Okay. So that means like language, metaverse, it can be customized to everything. Whether you have to scold somebody who use language, when you want to pray God also you use language. Okay. So that is how it is. So if there is a thing that can be done today in real world, it can certainly be done by using a metaverse. So what I'm telling is actually, see if a person need to be somewhere and if he's not able to go there and metaverse will come to your help. That's exactly what happens. For example, you can't be there. You make a phone call. A phone will carry your message over there. So metaverse will carry you in person in totality and help you to make that co-presence. Now, now thereafter, whether you actually have a Tirupati Darshana and Metaverse, or you will go to Bhairut or to Jerusalem. It's actually up to your expectation, your interest and your capability. So if there is a limitation, it is limitation in the mind and the imagination of a person. What can be said in a language is decided by the vocabulary of that person and the content that he has in his head. It, that limitation is not imposed by language. It only... If you, if you say like, see, I can't express because I don't have a word in this language, it only speaks that you are ignorant about your existing world. Right. So similarly in metaverse, if somebody says this, can I do this? Yeah. Expert will tell you it can be done because there is a word for this. Okay. But then having said that, now humanity or I mean, engineers or whatever the decision makers and all, they should be saying this, okay, this can be done. How should I find a way to do this rather than can this be done at all? So I don't think you, there's nothing you cannot do. For example, when cloud computing started in 2009, they thought only there are three services. Infrastructure as a service where you use storage, uh, storage services. And now today, everything is service. For example, food is also service. So what actually happened in the last nine years is the strengthening of imagination and creation of those, which was not new to cloud computing, but it is new to you. Okay. And secondly, what happens also, I will tell you. So when I, I, the same story about that um, stage being made into film and all. So people also try to solve the yesterday's problem and uh, try to fit the technology to that. That's actually an insult because you are insulting a technology by solving an old problem. The way higher think, level thinking is needed to solve the existing problem, you also need a higher level thinking to use the new technology. I will tell you an example. See, when in 2007, Apple introduced their mobile phone, it's still called phone because they thought the only thing that they can do with is actually calling and making calls. 
Today, we use phone calls, I mean, phones for about 2 to 3%, but apps for 100%. So nobody in 2000 thought that. Similarly, in 1993, when internet came, people thought that it is a mechanism to file transfer. People will say FTP, anonymous and all. Within nine, within eight, six years, Google was breathing. And within nine years, Amazon was breathing. So at that time, nobody predicted it. Prediction is not a question of prediction. So it's they did not imagine it. Okay. And uh, when doing a predictions, there are two things you should know. Prediction made on the potential of a technology always turns out to be correct. Okay. But predictions need to be moderated by the history. History is not there to tell what to do next, but it can moderate your hopes and all. I told you there are 400 car companies and two, three, three different models, steam-powered, gasoline, and electrical. But for the next 100 years, after Ford came into assembly level, there was only one model, T model for 20 years, and then others. Okay, So that would happen. But that is not failure of metaverse or the I mean, car technology. It is failure of, I mean, not failure. It is a wrong step or let's say estimation of somebody. Okay, So my message is that metaverse is as powerful as anything. And it is latest in the long list of technology, which is intended to improve quality of life. So people narrow it down, better meetings, better interaction, better shopping, better. Oh, these are all actually um, like a person coming from that background is talking. And that, that is actually I call a situated thinking. If you are a retailer and you only see the metaverse implication for retailing, that's all right. That's acceptable because you have to be narrow to be successful. But then limiting that to that one is bad. So my, in my opinion, Metaverse is the latest in the long list of technologies, which will, which is designed or which has a potential to change the quality of life. It's insightful and it's really, it's been a learning experience for me and I'm sure it's going to be a learning experience for everyone because I guess the way you point out and have articulated, you know, what the Metaverse is and the the uh, the applications it, it, it's gonna open up yes i mean you know today because you know there is a structure of, of things you know there is uh, if if there's an entrepreneur he needs to be a little narrower so he can go to a vc excite a vc get some funding create an application onboard yeah. some uh, you know users you know uh, uh, and create a profitable business. So I guess in, in that effort, we, we try to narrow it down. But like you rightfully pointed out, the applications are so vast that it, it's, uh, I mean, it, it, and it really depends upon your imagination and about yes, thinking yes. about those new problems rather than going and addressing the old problems and taking a new technology. Today, we, we are, like, like you said, 3D engines are able to create these photorealistic content, you know. And, uh, you know, the, the back end of the other technologies which are converging, like, you know, brain computer interfaces and, you know, haptic feedback suits, we are able to touch feel the virtual world. The virtual world is able to touch feel us. And through the brain computer interfaces, possibly we'll be in the next future, we'll be really inside a virtual platform. And, 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 and that's that itself is so awesome it, it obviously it's got its pros and cons you know because uh all all of our five senses uh, uh, are now yeah yeah are, are are 
coming to a point through the, you know neuroscience and, and brain computer interface we are able to emulate that and create that and once we are able to completely you know create a read write of entire a cognition the metaverse is going to really really come alive you know that's at the end the future but you know there is this this there's this uh, uh, futurist called john smart and and he's got this hypothesis called transcension hypothesis he says that we are in this growth of this technology technological growth and people are working on growing you know going outward you know going going to an, another planet because a planet today is uh, in, in a brink of disaster because of you know climate uh, crisis and so on and so forth you know a, a constant uh, greed capitalism create you know consumption without conser- conservation we need to go to another planet but his hypothesis is very different he says instead of going outward we will be going back inside the atoms where we all came from you know the big bang we we, we are an yes, all an output of atoms you know the uh, uh, and expanding into this huge universe with virtual reality with metaverse we could yes, yes. all be going inside back inside the atom or back inside the computer i mean i don't really know how how that kind of plays out or pans out but yes uh, like you said it, it's it, what what blocks us is our imagination we are getting into a crazy world whatever i said could be really like a woo woo a woo woo zone to those people who who don't want to question you know de- uh, you know uh, ask yeah. those deep questions but the these are the possible worlds or possible places that we are getting into and we need to go go looking into that direction you mentioned that our world no matter what we do we would no matter how much we talk about decentralization is a centralized uh you know functioning uh uh you know whether it's a organization or nation or enterprise yeah. that's that's the way it always functions uh, that centralization and all okay this is not political kind of a thing but what i'll tell you like this see before 17th century there was something called feudalism that means there was to be some kings queens and all you are serving them there was nothing like with the french revolution came this democracy right and now it is 300 years into that and there are still countries which are not democratic and there are democratic institutions still run in a feudalistic way okay so what it means is actually the proponents of like hugo or voltaire of french revolution they said okay man is the central of thing freedom is everything man should be free free will what what not and that fall brought for I men that brought down the french revolution kingdom and they established it and that all started okay that means the idea of democracy was against feudalism and it started and slowly countries started going that but still then there are 40% of the countries today in the world still do not have democracy okay and all those things so something similar will happen to this decentralization decentralization can already compared to democracy idea is good adaptation would be late okay it is not that it will not stop because historically also there is a kind of a because decentralization works against centralization centralization works against decentralization and as you mentioned in one of your earlier episode there is somebody said called recentralization <laughs> okay so that is how it is so well we will bet on democracy but then we are not very 
be uh, optimistic that it will happen in my lifetime or in my children's lifetime. It will eventually happen. There are good things about that. So yeah, centralized organization, decentralization, which is actually central to the cloud, I mean, the blockchain is creating DOEOs and there are some crowdfunding and all. Okay, they, but still they remain in the peripheral. Maybe one day, like 300 years, 200 years, and it will come because unless somebody forces nobody will actually adapt it. Democracy also didn't come all of a sudden, the whole population should come up to that level and create that. So having said that, central decentralization as a value proposition, it is true and it will work, no doubt about that, the way democracy works. But then there are will be also opposition forces because um, feudal systems did not, I mean, it did not give up that feudalism. It actually would hardly, I mean, it was a hardly one fought war actually. Right, so it would happen that way because governments may find it hard to give up that because there's a reason why the reason that the I mean the blockchain policy is still pending in India because people are not that they don't understand that but they are scared of that what would happen after that okay so my take on um, decentralization it's a good technology started working it has given good cases use cases it's working but like democracy it will take some time. Right. So, so complete, uh, I mean, I'm completely W on that. My last question to you, you know, so okay. th because you, you are a professor you, and you're, you're sort of an evangelist, you know, you, you are kind of creating awareness about, uh, you know, metaverse, you're doing your courses, uh, you're teaching at the, uh, your, your, the institute, you also written a book. Now for those students uh, or those curious lot who want to understand and get into metaverse, where do they start? My first, mm -hmm. my, my first question. And my second question is, what's the future of education? Because the, the education system itself or, or rote learning education system is being upended with, a, a, you know, education uh, ed tech and these massive open online courses and you know, the democratization of education through, uh, a, you know, ed tech and MOOCs and, and virtual reality, augmented reality, where, you know, anybody and anyone sitting any part or the uh, whether he's in the urban area or rural area if he's got access to maybe like a computer or a head wearable device will be able to access education so somebody who's been vested in the space and is a proponent and a torchbearer of metaverse what's the future of education is my second question yeah, true actually see while technology is universal all its applications are local Okay, and I has heard from your one of another episode by in that Loka. He said actually his value proposition is localization. That means he will do it for CP. He will do it. So that means well, metaverse is universal. Okay, the success come from the localization that he will use a like a phrase like bhaya in Delhi or bhen somewhere in that. Okay, so now that's the whole point. So now education, what I say, education is universal, but learning is always local or customized. What people are trying to do is actually, they are measuring education in certain parameters, like how much people will participate. But especially in India, in education actually, education per se is not existing. Education as a social ornament, education as a, a means to go somewhere, that is actually happening. So in a class of 60 students where I get actually, only 20 people will come say that actually I have want to be engineer, that's the reason I'm in this course. There are 20 people who say that, see, I have my father as a business, sir. It is too early to enter business. That's why I'm here. Okay. And another 20 people will say, sir, my brother is in United States. Ali has told me that do this four years, I will pick you up. And remaining 10 people will say, sir, my engagement is already done, sir. I'll getting married after this. 
okay now but what you think an educator will think is, is all 60 people have come for education then we have to educate them that is not happening it's like giving the same menu to all people where only 20 people will like that remaining people don't have liking in that okay so having said this okay and this is a personal experience that we have because see you may uh, Eddie, you may be surprised after teaching four years of computer science students come and ask like sir i want a job in which there is no coding Okay, it is something like somebody uh, completing a musical course and teaching like, sir, tell me a job where I don't have to play an instrument or sing. But that happens. So, but people are blind to this actually. They think that education like a straight jacket, everybody should undergo every course and going uh, free downloading courses is easy way to do that and all that will not work because it ultimately get customized. And secondly, this online education, all it has come from the IT industry where actually the person who is going to learn is already situated in a job that he will suddenly learn. See, it's IT, the reason why YouTube has so many courses on IT and all, the reason is they were already there even before we went to cloud, I mean, uh, YouTube, because companies have done them already. And they are done for a person who has a salary to take, who will suddenly learn and certification to complete because that will end this. If you throw those free courses to a student who is not interested or not has no stake in that, he will just switch on the system and sleep and come back to attendance time. So that's happening. So, but your question, okay, education, if education is through a teacher and he's, he need to be there and virtualization component of Metaverse will certainly help because that will help him bring you. If you're learning a music, then a music teacher can personally come to you in that virtual space and teach you. But that's a special education. For other for uh, other kind of a thing, it's like education has become kind of a social gathering. People are there for different reasons. Some people come to show off their dress. Some people come because they are their relatives, and some people come because they are on the VIP list. Okay, so that kind of a thing. So having said that, um, yes, it has. If you are talking about the technical potential of metaverse to make education more enriching by using the principle of virtualization, it can certainly do. Things like augmented reality will help you to do certain things because it can create an experience as if you are visiting Taj Mahal or space. Okay, that will happen. But at practical level, it's not going to change the perception. I mean, I really, really enjoyed the conversation. And, and yes, my perspective is that the education industry is completely being upended. And I think thanks to COVID. I think before COVID, like, like like you said, I mean, you know, we were in a state of initia. Everything was completely fine. Nobody wanted to change because change comes very difficult, you know. But then post-COVID, I think we've thrusted into the world where everybody has got to understand that how important the technology is. I think in the next 10 to 20 years, every company will become a tech company. And and, and that's, that's the, I, I think, the future that we're getting into. Education per se has got so many wrongs, the rote learning education industry in India itself has around 83,000 crore student debt. These brick and mortar education institutes are getting more and more expensive. And you, you highlighted the point of creating education which is personalized, customized and which is to the use of the student. Today our education institute is extremely broad. There is a school in the US called Lambda School which doesn't charge a single penny to the student. The, the, the education is free. They also uh, hold your hand lifelong after you graduate. 
they they don't charge you anything they put you they place you into a company once you enter a company you're making a certain salary and only once you hit a th- certain threshold is when the education institute uh, starts uh, you know lambda takes a percentage from them so i think the education industry is evolving i don't really know where it is going but yes it's getting more and more difficult for traditional brick and mortar education institutes to hold their students in the institutes because today education is freely available on on the internet where, where professors such as yourself and i i think the the model needs to change because so far it's been a very exploitative model where the educator has lost important and, and the and, and the administration of institutes have become more powerful and are holding the more uh, power where wherein yeah wherein the educators such as yourself are the institutes or and should be the institutes so i hope that through the metaverse we get into a world where we do not want to get into an iit or or a specific institute but i come to you who is a professor a uh, educator who's teaching and and i want to learn because i think we need to create that personalized learning and and yes that i believe is the future and i hope that that changes i hope that we we break away from the capitalistic centralized functioning uh because a world needs a new model and 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 like you said in in the middle of the conversation only if we ask those brave questions only if we say okay that is a problem and not a old problem you know old problems we need to tackle the new problems with the new technology and and not not the old problems i really enjoyed the conversation and i hope my, my listeners will, will do too i i'm i'm going to share the link below for your book i metaverse glossary and i hope my listeners go and buy by the book and so will i So we wish you the very best keep on doing what you're doing we need more evangelist more educators such as yourself who are asking deep profound questions and shaping the students to become lifelong learners on on that note thank you for being part of the podcast and to my listeners if you like what you see and hear then please press the subscribe button and until next time see you guys bye bye thank you professor thank you thank really, you very much really bye bye thank bye. you